0: One, two, three, four, five, six, six, six seven, one, six, eight. six. 2, 3, 6, 7, always the 6, forever <laughs> six, six, six. 600- and to the 6,
1: the 6, <laughs> 6, <laughs> Welcome to the Interstate Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, a.k.a. K-Slugs. My name is Peter, a.k.a. deal for real and I'm also your host. And welcome, everyone, to our 30th episode. Yep, it's been been 30 already, and uh, we've rated a total of 23 games now. So quite a number of games we've added to our backlog, Peter. Is this one going to be number 23, or is this
0: one going to be number 24? Yeah, this one will be number twenty three. Uh, a prime
1: number for a uh, prime episode. Not Metroid Prime, though. We no, already did that one. But maybe <laughs> something similar to the Metroid series in some way, but not Metroid itself. Nah,
0: we'll uh, we'll get into that shortly. Um, actually, we might get into that right now. Uh, we we <laughs> don't have a whole lot of stuff to announce other than the uh, the thirtieth episode milestone. Subscribe so, to our um, Patreon. Subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> we'll we'll get to thanking all of our beautiful patrons later. Um, Yeah, shoot, are we just ready to get into it? This might be a new record for IG. (laughs) Shortest intro. New
1: record!
0: Yeah, go ahead, man. (laughs) All right, cool. Well, uh, this game uh, is one that many of our listeners have probably heard about. It is none other than the indie gem, Celeste. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Sorry that's no- it. normally normally you you say like some other thing after I say <laughs> the of the
1: game. I hit you with something different.
0: But uh yeah, we're talking about Celeste, uh the uh the indie platforming game that's won the hearts and minds of millions all over the world um or at least in North America. Yeah, so anyway, just a little bit of background. Uh Celeste was created by Matt Makes Games Inc uh in partnership with some other people on the visuals and the sound that we'll get into in those respective categories. It uh, came out in 2018, and it won some awards at the Game Awards. It was nominated oh, for, it was nominated for best music, and then one other thing I forget. Um, I think it was also nominated for Game of the Year, which it n- did not win, but it did win Best Indie Game of the Year, and also Game for Impact. And uh, that means that second one means that is a game that basically has a good message, or like kind of encourages the players to do good or to adopt like a Better mindset about something like basically a game that has some sort of social impact, right? Uh, so it did win that award, and uh, you know when we get to the content, we'll talk about the story and how that sort of fits into it. Um, but yeah, Kevin and I played this game for the first time uh, for this review, and uh, I'm super excited to talk about it. One other quick uh, context I want to talk about is that this developer released a game called Towerfall in 2013, uh, which was then ported to a bunch of systems uh, in the years after that. And that is actually one of my favorite uh, couch co-op and couch versus games ever. Uh, there's no online play with that game, but it's a very, very fun like platformer where you shoot arrows at enemies and you basically survive for as long as you can against these onslaughts of enemies. Um, so definitely this, this developer, I think, had a really amazing game five years ago or six years ago, and so I'm not surprised that uh, I have a positive
1: opinion on Celeste, which we'll get into shortly. Thanks for the uh, interesting uh, contextualness that you gave us there. Um, I'll insert a little bit of my own in terms of, you know, in terms of my own context, <laughs> I guess. But <laughs> I've heard this game in passing on the internet, but I've never really gotten uh, the chance to check it out. So um, I had no idea what to expect. But I've seen Pro Smasher Hugs Hugs. If you want to be on the episode, I'm sorry, but it's too late. Um, <laughs> He talks about this game in like high regard. Like he's like all the time tweeting about it when he was playing it on stream, and he was like, "Yo, I love this game. It's amazing. Everybody should try it out." It has a really great message. So I was excited to see what this game's all about. So that's kind of my history or lack thereof with this game. <laughs> yeah, I
0: I saw a lot of hype too, and uh, whenever I see a bunch of hype about something, I'm always a little nervous. Like, ooh, am I gonna am I gonna like it? Uh, but for me, it did live up to the hype. But uh, without spoiling any ratings or anything, um, I'll just leave it at that. So yeah, the general goal of the game, it is a platforming game, as I mentioned, it's very challenging, um, but basically it's a game that is uh, very simple in its overall mechanics, but the challenges increase in difficulty over time, and each level introduces a new sort of mechanic that you have to creatively figure out how to use your existing mechanics to traverse all the hazards of the level. You have infinite lives in this game, so uh, you're going to fail a lot on your first playthrough unless you're some sort of prodigy, uh, <laughs> which I was not. <laughs> um, I did end up beating the game though, uh, and I'm pretty proud of that. but yeah, it's a game about trying things, about learning and about you know starting over, um, not too far over because the game's fairly lenient about that, and I'll discuss that further later. Um, but yeah, it's a game all about you know overcoming challenges and you just getting to the end of these very difficult platforming yes. levels. Do you want to take it from here, Kov?
1: Yeah. Um, if you want to go right into the, the gameplay ratings, we can do that. Yeah, I think it's time for the uh, meat and potatoes of the gameplay section. All right, let's get into it. So I know I say this uh, pretty often on the show, but um, dude, what the hell? Did I just play Dark Souls? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, again? Like, how many times am I going to play Dark Souls on this podcast? I just want to know without actually playing Dark Souls. But I, yeah, like I said before, I went in this game not really knowing what to expect. And uh, holy shit, it's pretty hard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my good friend uh, Mallory tried this game out when she found out we were tr- going to do this for the podcast. And she was like, dude, this game's pretty hard. And I was like, I'm excited to see what it's all about. Like, you know, uh, let me give it a try at it. And, uh, She was not wrong. First, it started out okay. I was like, okay, these mechanics are pretty cool. Like, I kind of like what's going on here. And then it progressively got harder and harder. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's like I'm dying all the time. And then I soon realized, okay, that's kind of the point. You know, you just kind of die, you learn. And the game even tells you that. It's like, don't worry about your death count. Just like, you know, just kind of each death is a new learning experience. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like, be proud of your death count. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, you say that, but I keep dying in the same ways. And don't they call this insanity? <laughs> but um, yeah, needless to say, the game could be frustrating at times, but. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing um i would equate this game to something like beating dark souls or obviously or f-zero or just just not as long obviously but if you were if if a game were to tell me okay i've beaten a celeste and i really you know if someone were to tell me that alone i would be like okay this guy this guy is a badass like he can beat this game i beat the game as well but like Basically, it's an accolade to beat this game, and I think that that says something for this game. Basically, what you're saying is we're the coolest guys ever. Pretty much, like we're the Hell only yeah. people to ever have beaten Celeste. So I think you're right.
0: Yeah, we should uh, we should have our gravestones uh, etched with that whenever we pass away. <laughs> beat Celeste, which unfortunately will happen uh, at some point. We're not immortal, unlike uh, the title character Madeline, who can die as many times as she wants. Apparently, for real. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, just to break down, I I pretty much agree with everything you said, by the way, uh, so I don't feel the need to offer too many more of my own words in that regard. Um, But I will explain some of the mechanics. Uh, There's really just a few mechanics. uh, As I said, the game sort of encourages you to uh, push your use of them into new directions. Um, But the mechanics are jumping, uh, jumping off of walls, climbing to walls, and clinging to walls. And then the all-important Air Dash, which for those of you who have played Super Smash Bros. Melee for the Nintendo GameCube release in 2001, you will be familiar with the act of dashing in a direction. Uh, in this game, it's one of eight directions, uh, just to get to new places. And so the Air Dash really is the mechanic that makes this game what it is and distinguishes it from other platformers, although there's some other ones that have Air Dashes too, but uh, this game is all about that dash, no treble. <laughs> and... Um, and each level will usually introduce a mechanic that kind of remixes your air dash, encourages you to try it in a new way. Uh, even later in the game, you actually get a second air dash after a fairly important plot thing happens, and that also kind of changes the way that you look at the level and uh, are forced to play. I really enjoy the simple mechanics. I mean, as I said, there's only like four or five you know, different things you can do as your character as Madeline, um, but the game keeps throwing all these challenges at you, and it's it's super fun. Like you don't have to always be worrying about you know what button does what. Sometimes when I play Breath of the Wild, I feel like there's too many controls. <laughs> like, like oh, it's a different button to use my shield and bring out my bow and yeah. throw a weapon and jump. Like I often get jump and run mixed up, yeah. which can be pretty problematic. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's that's just me not being good yet at Breath of the Wild. Um, but in this game, you know that's never a problem. There's just very few things, um, and they're all very intuitive. I found. Yeah. What do you
1: think about that? I kind of agree. Um, you know, the game's one of the themes is about Madeline battling herself, essentially. And I feel like this game kinda takes on that persona with its level design. You're like, Oh my god, when does this level end? Like you're like this and sometimes I really do feel like the developers really dragged out the levels. But the more I think about it, um, the more it's like you're like, oh, when does it end? And like Madeline, you think about the storyline, you think, okay, Madeline's like pushing herself to just just go a little bit further each time. That's kind of what it feels like the theme is. And so it kind of takes that persona and the levels. And I think that's really clever. Um, If that was the intended design, (laughs) um, that's kind of how I took it. Because I was like, there were several times where I was like, oh my God, please, please just let this end. Because either I had to go do something or I wanted to go do something different. Um, but it's a very stressful game for sure. Um, I really enjoyed it, um, but it definitely stressed me out. <laughs> well, you know that you can save and quit at any time, right? Yeah, but it's like the the fact that I felt like I could be close to beating the level at any moment. I just didn't know. Yeah, yeah I see what you mean. It kind
0: of like strings you along with a little carrot, and like, yeah. maybe you're almost done.
1: <laughs> and it was it was really relieving when you got to the summit and they started numbering like how close you were. I was like, oh, why didn't you do this before?" <laughs> I kind I kind of liked it being unique to the summit because um, I guess
0: minor spoiler alert the uh, the final oh by the way, I forgot to mention you're climbing a mountain in this game. That's the entire. <laughs> I, I, I went all, I went out of my way to explain the way the game works. And I forgot to mention that you are climbing a mountain. <laughs> a snowy, cold mountain. this takes place in Canada by the way, the developers are Canadian or at least mm. the the main core developers are um so yeah that's the setting and uh the the final level is the summit and because of something that happens during the plot the summit is basically like shorter and newer versions of all the levels up to that point so uh, it's kind of a recap Uh, and and i think it's done pretty well but yeah it kind of numbers your uh the altitude that you're at and so that's one of the points in the game where it's like you're almost there like you had a big setback but you're making your way back up and like the game is just reassuring you that you're making progress, which I think is pretty cool. It's not like, it's not too like, oh, it's okay, you're gonna make it. It's like, nah, it's okay, you're gonna make it. You know, like a good friend there on the sidelines encouraging you.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, and that kind of like goes back to kind of the theme of the whole game. I, I just felt like every time I'd be like. Oh my gosh! Like I just want to get to the end of this, and then when you when you'd beat the level, like there'd be some kind of reassuring thing at the end, and maybe it's more like, oh, you know, Madeline is having an inner struggle of her own, and you can relate to that when playing this game. <laughs> you're like, I'm trying to overcome this challenge. You're trying to overcome the challenge of uh, getting over the mountain, and I'm just trying to beat this game. Like we're on the same wavelength here. So I I thought that was really neat. I do want to speak a a little bit to the the various level-specific
0: things that are introduced in each level. Um, For the most part, the elements introduced in each level don't really stack with each other. Um, The first level does introduce this little item that will refresh your air dash in midair, and that thing will appear throughout the whole game. Um, But each level usually has its own little type of, like, a piece of machinery that can help transport Madeline a certain way, or... uh, I mean, actually, yeah, that does kind of come down to when I think about it. Like, each level has a unique way of you using your climbing or your air dashing to, like, manipulate something. And I found that that really did um, add a lot of variety to the game that made me want to keep going, even if a level was starting to feel too long or if I had been playing the game for several hours, which I was, like, I beat this game in two play sessions, each of which was, like, four hours. So, you know, definitely a a big uh, deep dive into it. But, like, it does a really great job of keeping things fresh. and. There's not really enemies to speak of except in one level where there's, or maybe two levels where there are things kind of like enemies that are, you know, trying to kill you, I guess. Um, And then there's a couple of boss battles, but for the most part, it's just you against the environment. And I think that's really cool too. Like, it's cool to play a game that's a little more minimal in that sense where, like, there's not usually a ton of shit on the screen. It's just like the stuff that's there is so carefully designed to challenge you and you don't need to have a bunch of enemies on the screen,
1: you know? Yeah. One thing I kind of found to be, and I don't know if this really would go with content or not, but it seemed kind of pointless to go out of my way to get like strawberries or something like that, uh, a collectible in the game. Um, while they were challenging and hard, it's like sometimes I was just like, you know what, I don't really want to go through this extra effort because it's just going to make this level seem that much longer. And I feel like once again, going back to the length of the levels, um, it kind of discouraged me from going and getting those. Now, maybe other people are different, but. Um, for me personally, that's one issue that I found. I feel kind of the opposite, really.
0: I <laughs> I went after strawberries pretty much any time I saw them, and and I of course I didn't get all of them on the first run through because some of them are hidden pretty well in a in a Metroid kind of way, like where you have to break yeah. a block or go through a wall that that isn't really a wall but it looks like one at first brush, and yada yada. Um, but I the the strawberries are almost entirely optional. They just basically change a small detail in the ending of the game. So you don't really need to get them. Um, yeah. And you don't get anything for unlocking or for collecting all the strawberries. It's just there for you to challenge yourself if you want. Yeah. And uh for that reason like I think even if I felt like more along the lines that you feel where like I felt that they were kind of a distraction or like too too much added length, at the end of the day they're still optional.
1: Yeah. And we'll get into that with content. I just I was kind of trying to relate it to the gameplay and how I was discouraged from doing that part of the gameplay. But another thing I want to bring up is I feel like this game only appeals to a small... I don't want to say small niche because, you know, obviously a lot of people like this game, but not everyone's going to like this game. Yeah, for sure. Um, And it kind of bums me out because the story is really good. I just wish... um, more people would be able to get into it because the story's so good. Like, I don't think I could recommend this to like everybody that I meet. But if it's somebody who like really plays video games often and something a video game that requires uh fast reflexes or something like that or like it basically you're used to a pace a a fast paced game like this, then I would recommend it, but there's not many people that I could be like, yeah, you you would enjoy this.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um at the same time though, on the on the note where you said, you know, you wish that more people could enjoy the game if only for the positive message of the story. Um I wonder, I mean, I I haven't necessarily played them or heard of them, but I'm sure there are games out there that, you know, are kind of similar in story but with a type of gameplay that's a little more accessible. Mhm. I I'm, I'm sure that, you know, that exists. And also I'm not sure that I don't think the particular story of Celeste would work necessarily with any other type of game because it is so, I guess this is kind of content related, but it is so much about overcoming challenges and never giving up. And the game like basically forces you yeah. to try things over and over again because it is difficult. And yeah. like that's, that's just the way the game is. Um, yeah, definitely not a game for everyone. I don't actually know many friends outside of maybe like listeners of IG. And even then... I don't think all of our listeners would necessarily like this game or be able to beat it. Yeah. No shade. Like it's just like you have to be like a certain type of gamer to really get this game, I think. But yeah. For those people who can enjoy it, I think it's like top of its class for
1: sure. I recommended it to Ryan and I think he would really enjoy it due to some of the Metroid esque stuff with the collectibles and then just the challenge of the game, I think he'd really enjoy, and also it's a two D platformer, so go crazy, Ryan.
0: There's no way this game is harder than F0GX, at least not the main story, so I'm sure he can handle it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe this game's harder. <laughs> uh, but I did want to mention some things that I. Uh, there's a mode called Assist Mode, which is an option on the main menu. But basically, Assist Mode allows you to change certain parameters of the game to make it a little bit easier if you're a person who isn't quite confident in their abilities. Um, I don't remember exactly what it does, uh, but there's some options you can enable. I think one of them is to give yourself like, infinite air dodges oh. or air dashes if you want to. I mean, I guess it really is there like, as an accommodation for, uh, for less skilled players. And, like, I'm not saying that with any sort of judgment. It's like, like I said, some people have the reflexes or the coordination to play this game and some don't, and like, that's fine. But I think it's really cool that they did make that effort to appeal to a slightly wider audience that way. And also, another pretty interesting thing is that when you complete pretty much all the bonus content of the game, you get a thing called Variants, which Ooh. enable you to make even more uh, tweaks to the gameplay. So, for example, one of them I read, and I haven't unlocked this yet, one of them I read is uh, being able to air dodge in all 360 directions instead of just 8. Ooh. And one of them is like like lengthening or shortening your jump distance and like all this other crazy stuff you can do just to like remix the game further after you've already beaten the whole damn thing, which... Is already really hard, like I can tell you. (laughs) Uh, Remix. Remix. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, the game, you know, it not only accommodates itself to less skilled players, but also to more skilled players who want to pile on the challenge even further after they've done everything already, or even just people who want to, you know, kind of dick around with the game after they've beaten it. So, I I think that's really cool. Damn. And that's something they did
1: in Towerfall as well. So, uh, no, they're no stranger to that. Yeah. So if you're having trouble, essentially try out assist mode. And if you're still having trouble, I'm sorry, but we understand it is a pretty tough game. Rest assured, you are not alone. Yeah. So with that, um, did you have anything you wanted to add to gameplay?
0: Not really. I just want to say like, I don't think I've had this much fun playing this kind of video game in a long time. I mean, this took me back to, like, the Donkey Kong Country days, and, like... wow. I mean, I guess that is the closest thing I can get. Like, you know how I'm always going on about Mario, Super Mario World being the best game of all time? Like, you know, half a joke, whatever. But, like, this game, just the platforming... I want to make sure I say this before I give my score so that my score makes more sense, but, like, I think it's really, really, really good. Like, probably some of the best core gameplay I've seen (laughs) in a long time, so... I I I just need to lay that on the table, so
1: that's... That's my final thought. <laughs> Dang Pete. Okay, I see you. I, I can't say that it, it's it's that far up there for me, but I gave it a I would say I gave it a decent rating. Um and if I had to relate it to anything that I've played, I would say that I it's kind of like Metroid in a sense, but also I felt like each section was like a, a Zelda dungeon because you had to figure out what you were doing. Yeah. So I felt like Metroid in there, there's kind of like a Zelda element, and then there's just like pure Dark Souls. it's like zelda
0: metroid dark souls donkey kong country uh stardew valley star fox 64 uh
1: mario paints all in one all in freaking one so best of not only both worlds but multiple worlds
0: parallel universes
1: (laughs) anyway um i guess let's give our ratings pete what what is this high rating that we're expecting from you Actually, I want you to go first. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Okay. Uh, never mind. Scratch that. Edit that out, Pete. Um, I'm gonna leave it in. Okay. <laughs> I gave it an 85. What did you give it? Give it a hot,
0: fresh 100. Oh my gosh. That's why Dang. I wanted to, you to go first. <laughs> They're perfect. I, yeah, I really, I really do think the gameplay is that good. Like I, I don't know, man. There's. There's so few ingredients, but they're just like the choicest, juiciest fruits and mm. veggies. You know, just and, mm. and and they just add just the right amount of spice, Spicy. different types of spice for each meal, so you never get too tired. Or I never, I mean, obviously this is my perspective, but right. I thought they kept it fresh, they kept it fun. It just it satisfied like the, the twitchy gamer inside of me that I don't often get to indulge in, except like when I play melee, maybe. Or when you play um, anything with me. Ooh. Ooh. but I uh, yeah I I had no complaints about the gameplay. I guess cool. it's perfect. <laughs> I feel hey, weird saying that, but hey, like, you
1: know what? That's pretty adm- admirable. 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 That's pretty admirable. Um, so you know what? I I respect that. Moving on to uh, everyone's favorite section: aesthetics. So first up, we've got visuals, as everyone knows. Pete, why don't you uh, take us off here, fresh off that hot 100?
0: Sure, I'll start on the visuals. Um, The visuals were handled by a Brazilian studio called Miniboss, uh, who also did work on Towerfall, hence the the similar aesthetics if you played both games. Sorry, similar aesthetics. Aesthetics. I wasn't speaking English for a second there. Um, (laughs) Um... yeah, so uh, remember we talked about like shouting out people in the credits more often. I feel like this is a, a good way to do it. Yeah, sure. So yeah, anyway, a Brazilian studio miniboss handled the visuals and uh it's definitely uh, what I wrote down is Pixels everywhere. <laughs> 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 That's amazing. So oh. so if you if you're if you play Stardew Valley, you can kind of imagine where this is going, but um It's actually a little more retro flavor than Stardew Valley. It's like, yeah, it's somewhere in between like 8 bit and 16 bit style. Like, if Stardew Valley is 16 bit, -bit. then this is like, yeah, it's like 12 bit, (laughs) I guess. Um, but there's a lot of like richly detailed environments, and um, the characters themselves are generally kept pretty simple as far as visuals go, but some of the environments are just really detailed and like, you know, things that take up more real estate on the screen are just so. I'm gonna keep saying this, but so detailed. Like, I mean, that is what it is. <laughs> that is the word. Um, but there's some really cool, like, modern effects that they throw in to uh, spice things up, and the animation itself is really fluid as well. Um, kind of like the gameplay, in my opinion. The uh, the visuals to me look like the gameplay, so I think that's really nice. Um, but yeah, totally, totally charming in the visual department, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's always nice when you have a seemingly lagless, like game. And I thought that you you're right. It does a really good job of feeling uh, really seamless. Um personally, what I thought this game did the best and I and I think the uh, you know the pixel art and all that stuff looks pretty good, but I wouldn't say they it looks the best out of everything I've played. But what I thought they did the best was using visual aid to help you with the gameplay. Like yeah. how they use Madeline's hair to change the color of how many jumps you had left. Mm-hmm. Um They've even there's a level where you have to light up the entire area to kind of to see where you want to go, or the visual aid where you're about to fall from your grapple. Everything that they did there made the gameplay feel that much better. So I it kind of ties in with it, but I think it goes in visuals itself because you know they went out of their way to make that. But yeah, you're right. The animations in this game look really well, uh, look really good as well. Oh, were you done with that thought? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of done. <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to keep going, I can. Uh, I also thought that the UI wasn't—if to criticize something about it—I say the UI wasn't the most visually stunning thing ever, uh, and neither were the character portraits in like the the graphical interfa- interface at the top where the, the characters talked. But really, I like the portraits a lot. Really, I thought it was a weird art style for me. No, I liked it. It didn't <laughs> fit the like retro. Uh, style, I thought it just didn't mesh with me. Yeah, I'm, I I kind of thought about that too. Like, um,
0: the game does have different art styles all within it. Uh, so the overworld map is like this low poly three D thing that's pretty fashionable nowadays. Um, all the gameplay is the two uh, D pixel art uh, with some modern effects thrown in, and then yeah, you do have the character portraits that are you know just illustrated in like a kind of cartoony style, and then you have like a what look like kind of watercolor type uh, paintings. Yeah. Um, like some sort of modern watercolor looking thing that you get at the end of each chapter to kind of show the characters um you know doing what they do um but i I really liked it like it didn't bother me that things were different um and I think that's because it was compartmentalized like you know the game looks like this, the map looks like this, and the character portraits and like the inter the inter chapter art pieces they look like this. And so, like, they never, I don't think the game ever did a, a weird, like, crossover of any of those styles. I felt like it was always separated. And to me, that, you know, that means it was never too disconnected for me. But that's just my opinion.
1: Yeah. It's just like when I first started the game, you know, you go into like the 3D overworld kind of looking thing. You're like, okay, what's going on here? Then you get into the game, it's 2D retro pixel art kind of thing. You're like, okay. And then you finally get your first piece of text where you're talking to someone and you're like, Okay, so for me, it was just kind of like a little bit weird of the art style, but like I still thought overall it was really good, and I and I like the uh, kind of like the selfies that you take with Theo and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Like yeah. the the hand drawn art was really good. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought that was beautiful too. I actually have
0: I had a, like a separate bullet point talking about that because I thought that was really special how they included
1: those pieces. Yeah, like they they made them emotionally. Touching. I don't, I don't know how to <laughs> like you. You. It really tugged on your heartstrings when like they would take a picture together, or like at the end of each chapter, they would yeah. do some kind of hand-drawn thing where you're like, "Oh, like even Katie, who you know had not seen most of this game, was like, oh when she saw me beat the game, and they're just. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, but you know what the end scene is. Yeah, chilling
0: out. They're all at the beach, right? Yeah, at the beach. Yep. <laughs> they take vacation after dealing with the cold mountain. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that you know, as you said, the emotional appeal, or impact, definitely is uh, strengthened by that art style. So I think that that's a really good argument in, in and of itself to like include that different art style. Like maybe maybe the the 3D overworld map is like the weirdest thing out of all of them. Yeah, like I could I, I could see that having gone a different direction still working well, but like I couldn't imagine this game without the uh, the illustrations.
1: Okay, interesting. Uh, well, that's all I really have for visuals. So, if you have anything else, I'll just likely build upon that. Yeah. So, I do have one last point. Um, this is my
0: one complaint on the visuals. Um, I, I found that there is a a bit of an overuse of this like dramatic slowdown effect when you had a close call with an enemy. Hmm. Uh, and again, there aren't too many enemies in the game, so this didn't happen in like every single level. But if there's a boss that would charge at you or an enemy that would charge at you, like. When you got close, the game would sort of like slow down very briefly, and like the screen would kind of go towards grayscale. Yeah. Just for a brief moment until yeah. like that moment had passed. And the first like time or three that I saw that, I was like, oh, that's really cool. But then like this happens with enemies that are, you know, persistently chasing you throughout a screen or throughout a level even. So like for that to always happen, I was like, okay, I get it. Like this is a dramatic moment. And like, I, I feel like it kind of, when it's overused like that, it, it ruins. Not ruined, but it didn't help the, um, like the otherwise super smooth pacing of the game. Like You know with games like this, you get into this momentum. Um, and I've talked about this like with Donkey Kong Country, where I feel like I'm just super momentum and like I'm in this flow state. I feel like this would kind of disrupt that. Um, Damn Speedy Pete over here, is, you don't want to mess up his flow. <laughs> <laughs> don't let me get on my flow, or whatever Kanye West said that one time. Um, yeah, so like, I just felt like that was kind of them... This game is very stylish and (laughs) I think it works ninety-five percent of the time, but this was the the time where it was like too stylish. Yeah. Um, Because everything else I thought was super cool. Like there'd be, you know, big streaks of lightning from an enemy attacking you, or like uh, really cool I can't even think of any other examples right now, but like it's very it could be very stylish and like you bait but like this was the one that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, <laughs> right? <laughs> you, can, you can use those sound effects in your game if you want. I just need some royalty, okay? Yeah, I will, I will, I'll gladly yeah. use those. Squirrel
1: Hurler Part Two, yeah, yeah. I, it's, I had sometimes where it bothered me, and sometimes it didn't. Like, sometimes I was like, okay, it helped me gather my thoughts whenever I would jump on an enemy, or I could anticipate. That I am going to jump on this enemy and what my next move will be. So I think perhaps that might have been what it was for, but I don't know. It didn't necessarily bother me as much as those enemies themselves, like the the ghosts. Oh my god, get those guys yeah. off me. They went at just a weird height to where I can like, uh Anyway.
0: Get these guys off me.
1: Um, so that'll do it for visuals, I guess.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, do you want to give your score first? Actual first this time? Actual first. Uh, 89. 89? Yeah. Very nice. I gave mine a uh, 95. Nice. Not too far off. Not too far off. Yeah. I feel like they were very lovingly done, all of them. Yeah. A lot of attention to detail, a lot of uh, depth. So, I'm a fan.
1: Yeah, for me, I'm like, they're they're done pretty well, and I like the modern-day touches, um, but I think some other games... Look a little bit better. I still think Stardew looks a little bit better than this one. Uh, anyway, moving on to audio. Um I will go ahead and kick this one off. I thought the audio was really, really freaking good. Uh it was really pleasant at times and it was really like really cool sounding and very uh high paced. Um I-, I really enjoyed it. I like the retro synth sounds that they had. It just really worked for the style of the game and just the entire feel of the game and as you said, which I didn't know, it, it won some award for like best soundtrack. So, damn, son, like get on their level. Um, <laughs> yeah, the audio is really well done. I thought it was one of the best things about this game. I agree. Uh, I do want to very briefly correct you. It,
0: it was nominated for best music at the game awards, but did not win. Oh, okay. But but it might it probably won some sound award from some other body. Probably because yeah. it really is that good. Still <laughs>
1: impressive. Like it's it's pretty good. Um, you know, I was kind of thinking with the technology that we have available, and you know how we're able to create more games now than ever. It's just kind of cool that you know you can take this up and coming indie game. Um, when did you say this game came out? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, up and coming indie game. that's very new, and we're able to take all these different talented musicians and kind of just we get a taste of what they had to offer. Whereas like back in the day, you know, you had it's not like there were a shortage of games, but there weren't as many games coming out as there are now. Like you you could just have I don't know, it's just really it's really cool. Like I can make a video game, slap your tracks on it, and people would be like, damn, this Peter guy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they would. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So it's really cool that we know we get the opportunity to, you know, encounter so many different Artists of all kinds, and I yeah. just—I I think it's really cool with through video games. Yeah, I mean,
0: even Stardew Speak of the Devil is like a perfect example of this. Like, I, I imagine very few people knew who uh, Eric Barone was until he did almost literally everything in Stardew Valley, and like now he's a legend and like a Renaissance man, pretty much. Um, I do want to give a shout out to uh, actually the one musician who is responsible for the Celeste soundtrack. Her name is Lena Rain. Uh, L E N A R A I N E Like go Lena. Let's go Lena. Um she also released her like debut album as like just a uh, you know her own uh you know original music recently so that's pretty cool. Uh, so she handled the music and uh, the sound design was done by Power Up Audio who uh, also did the sound design for Towerfall and also some other games. I was on their website. They also did like a uh, What's the one where you're uh, in a submarine? Subnautica? Yeah, they did the sound design for yeah. that and for some other game that was pretty famous. Cool. Um, yeah, so like I said earlier, a very collaborative game uh, this was. Um, I, think, I think the music kind of sounds like the game looks. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of a mix of you know retro-inspired synth work, but there's also very beautiful piano melodies that kind of correlate to like the watercolor type of style you see in some of the uh, artwork for the game. And as you said, like there's some very calm moments, especially moments where the piano is really uh, emphasized. I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the the piano is awesome. I think that's like some of my favorite stuff. Uh, But then also, you know, things go hard in the paint whenever you're running after a, you know, a boss, like you're trying to chase down. And there's like, there's really cool percussion and like a choir, like a dramatic choir. And I'm like, oh shit, like this is really cool. Yeah. When you're uh, fighting yourself, basically. Yeah. Spoilers! But yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I love the music. I think I'm definitely gonna buy the soundtrack before too long here because I do enjoy it that much. Um, and also a really cool thing they did was they made the music, or she, I guess, uh, made the music evolve over the course of the level. Yeah. Um, kind of. I mean, other games have done this. It's not a revolutionary thing, but it's done really well. I think in this game, and it's something worth mentioning because you know they didn't have to do it, but they did because they
1: just had that attention to detail. I guess. I mean, they really emphasized the journey and the story, and you can tell that through the audio itself, and through the visuals and the cutscenes. I mean, I think it was just all of that working together was really well done. Yeah. So I know that you're a big fan of uh,
0: sound effects, aka SFX, aka Young Sounds. (laughs) Uh, Fix what? <laughs> what do you think of uh, the sound effects in this game?
1: I thought they were pretty good, not uh, overly outstanding like Banjo Kazooie, but pretty good nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> and and they do do the do um, do. They they talk. They have people like they do the uh, 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 but not like the annoying. Nah, I wouldn't say annoying. Yeah. Some people find annoying in Banjo. It sounds like synthesizers. I think in this game, yeah, kind of like that. So they they kinda do that when people talk uh, as people talking. Um so that's that's pretty cool. Um shout outs to Banjo there. Um you know what, I keep saying that's like Banjo's staple, but I'm not sure if they were the first to do it, although I feel like they are, but I'm not actually sure. Probably the first wildly popular game to do it. Yeah. Um but in terms of the sound effects, they're pretty they're pretty okay. Um not outstanding, I would say, but like nothing really is just like oh i really like those sounds and these are these are making the game more fun and interactive you know that's where i usually give the bonus points where it just seems like super interactive with the sounds yeah whereas this was more integrated and made it feel more natural
0: i found that there was a i thought there were some sound effects that really stood out to me um mainly the sound effects that involved like uh items or elements in the levels that would like modify your air dodge um like and one of the levels there is this goop that you can air dodge through, and it'll kind of extend your air dodge up until the end of the the goop rectangle, which is the scientific term, I think. <laughs> it has this really cool uh, sound effect, like and like, and it sounds so super like custom. Like it sounds like a sound effect I haven't really heard before. And there's a few other instances of things like that happening where like a sound would grab my attention, It's like oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um. So I think I kind of slightly disagree with you, where I, like not every sound effect is like super duper amazing and noteworthy, but they're all good at worst. Yeah. And some are, like, really, really nice, I think. Um, Also, there's some moments where um, later in the game you're fighting a boss and... When you like do critical damage to the boss, it'll like kind of fuck with the whole soundtrack for a second. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. Like it'll be like, ah, and then you hit the boss and it's like, ah, like, you know, like someone's putting their hand on the tape or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really
1: cool. Yeah, you know what? That's the coolest sound effect by far. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To, To be fair, um, most, like, at a certain point when I was playing this game, um, it was kind of when Katie was trying to sleep, so I was like, oh, "Okay, well, I got to keep it down." So I turned the sounds down. Also, the sounds were significantly louder than the music itself at various times within the game, so I had to actually turn the sound setting down, um, and then play the game. And I, I don't know, it's weird. Huh? I didn't. I didn't feel it necessary to do that, but I, I can see where you're coming from, though. Yeah. So. Basically, Katie was like, oh, this is really loud. I was like, well, I turned it down. And I was like, I could barely hear the music. She's like, it's so loud. And I realized it was because of the sounds. So then I turned down the sounds, and I kept the volume at the same level. And I was like, okay, this is fine. And she was fine with that. So that's how I knew the sounds were a little bit too, maybe too much bass or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so.
0: I can't really say that I share that viewpoint, but yeah, different strokes are different folks. Yeah. I liked when uh I liked when Theo uh, on the topic of the little voice acting thingies. I like when Theo says YOLO. Spoiler alert, and it's like <laughs> YOLO <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm gonna start saying it like that. YOLO YOLO. And then how uh when, when characters are like in a good mood versus a bad mood, their little uh synthesizer speech will change. Mm. I thought that was a really nice <laughs> touch as well.
1: Yeah, uh, I would say sometimes the soundtracks did get. Have, at certain points, when you're just dying over and over again, they kind of got annoying. But I think that's just going to happen in a game like yeah. this. So, But at least most of the time in those sections, it seemed like the music was very upbeat, so it kind of kept you engaged.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that about does it for me on audio. Yeah, the last thing I want to mention is that um, each level has... Uh, this is getting into content, but I'll keep it brief. Each level has a... Uh, a B-side that you can unlock, which is kind of like a non-canonical, just harder version of the level for you to play through. And each version, each B-side has a remix of the normal level music that was provided by some other, you know, third-party musician or musicians. And, uh, I've listened, I haven't played through most of them, but I've listened to some of them and they're pretty banging. So, uh, I think that's a really cool way for them to, you know, collaborate with more people and get more talented musicians involved in the process. And, uh, yeah. It's just really cool, I thought. So, shout-outs to that. That is pretty cool. shout out to you guys.
1: Look out for a P-Willy track on the, the DLC. Look out for it. 2020. Yeah. Tell your friends. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, well, you ready to give our ratings? I am ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. You go ahead. <sighs> well, you know what? I had uh, thought about this
0: for a long time, and I uh, gave it 100. 100? Yep. Dang. This is a this is new territory for me in terms of uh, <laughs> high ratings, but I and I, I hope that I conveyed this. And I, I mean, I probably didn't because I am not like a naturally enthusiastic person, and like anyone who knows me will tell you that. <laughs> but like, I just thought it was so cohesive, and like, I love the music, and I thought the sound designs were really cool, as I mentioned, and like, I don't know, man, like it's just. I feel like all of these sections of the game up until this point just had so much love and care put into
1: them that I just really... I'm really feeling it. I'm really feeling... Man, the way you talk about this game, man, I I wish you would talk about me like that. (laughs) You know, Kevin's sound effects are really good. (laughs) They are. I'm aesthetically pleasing, right? Kevin's gameplay is perfect. Ooh, Content's a little bit lacking, but we'll get there we'll get, It'll there. get better with time <laughs> with time I can't
0: wait, I can't wait for the,
1: the next birthday DLC yeah
0: <laughs> right
1: <laughs> um, but yeah so I give mine a 93 um, pretty mm-hmm. high uh, yeah I looked at all of the rankings that I had currently for audio and I was like "Well, I like these sounds better I like these sounds better but it's better than this one so that's kind of how I ranked this one kind of hard to place it but it's up there with some good ones so rest assured yeah So moving on to content, um, I will will get us started on this one because I got a hot take, Pete. Oh, do you? I got a hot take. Oh, shit. And I don't know if you're ready because you're probably not. But here we go. (laughs) Honestly, I felt like this was the one thing in this game that I really felt was lacking. On one hand, the story is really freaking good and is really captivating. On the other hand, it only really took seven hours to complete, and I don't feel like there's a ton of worthwhile collectibles in this game. Which I don't know. There's the strawberries, there's the B sides and stuff like that, but none of those really incentivize me to go back through the game and play it again or want to collect more of my current playthrough. Like I just never felt compelled to go out of my way to get them. And I know you mentioned earlier that you did, but even the game tells you it's nothing more than just an accolade. Like, you know, if right. you collect more strawberries, you know, you can brag. It's just basically bragging rights to your friends. Like, oh, I got all of the 160 strawberries. And so at a certain point in the game, like I was collecting them and I was just like, this is really the only thing that's making the games take so much longer. And I just, and with the levels already feeling like they, drug out like a little bit too long I was just like I just want to get through the level so at a certain point I just stopped caring about strawberries and about like level 3 level 4 I had like 30 strawberries and I only ended up with like 33 (laughs) for the rest of the game damn dude you're lacking yeah so like I just I didn't care like it didn't give me enough reward to want to go and do those things and like you said they're pretty they're not essential so right and so I I, get, I guess there's a lot of extra content that I really don't know about, so that's where I'm going to kind of rely on you to kind of give me some more knowledge. But in general, even just playing it through myself, I feel like I should have recognized the amount of content that was in the game to be worthwhile.
0: Yeah, I think uh one thing to keep in mind for anyone out there who hasn't purchased the game is that it is only like twenty dollars or maybe even less true. Um, so yeah you're not you're not getting like a you know breath of the wild. 1,000-hour game like by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, it took me about the same amount of time as you to beat the game, I'm sure, a little bit longer because I did go out of my way to get many strawberries. I think I finished with maybe like 80 or so. I I don't quite remember. Um, So, yeah, as I said earlier, every level has a B-side that you can unlock by finding a little cassette tape in the level. It's its own kind of collectible. And uh, each B-side is really frickin' hard uh, so that's you know, a way for you to challenge yourself if you want to have uh, more Celeste action. And then I also found out that if you beat every B-side, then you also unlock C-sides. Uh, which apparently are even harder, but they're a lot shorter than even the B-sides are, from what I read. So did you beat a B-side? I beat, I've beaten two. I've, well, I've only attempted two, but I beat both of them Okay. for the, the first two levels. Um, actually, it was pretty funny because I was playing the B-side for the second level. That's the one with a the air dodge goop rectangles, scientifically uh, termed. <laughs> and uh, Mitchell came home from work and he saw me playing this and he sat down and like, kind of watched me play through it. And we sort of started playing through it together where we'd brainstorm. Like, it was the type of thing where you had to look at the screen and like really think about what you were doing. Like, that's how challenging yeah. it was. Not to mention like actually executing it could be really difficult too. So like we'd get really hype when I you know, clear a screen like, okay, we beat it. You know, we say we because we were so invested in it. Like, yeah. Okay, we beat it. Shit, there's another screen. <laughs> yeah. But, like, in a good way, though, like, we're getting hyped, and, you know, it is just pure challenge. Like, it's totally optional, you know, whatever. Um, so, I, I, do, I did enjoy the game enough that, I mean, I played it so much the other day that I, you know, kind of wanted to take, like, a Breath of the Wild break for a few days, but I could definitely see myself going back and trying out all that new content. There's also a, a secret eighth level that you can unlock after completing a certain number of B-sides. Yeah. Uh, Well, there's collectibles that are hearts, and you can get hearts in the normal levels, and the B sides, and the C sides, and between all of those, you need to get four of these hearts to unlock like the final bonus level. So I haven't done that yet, um, but that's something that I do want to do at some point. You and the listeners can kind of tell that I feel a little differently about the content than you do, right? Because I'm pretty enthusiastic about it, Um, but that also might just be—I mean, maybe I'm more into like platforming games than you are, and. I don't know, like I I don't know if that's true or not, but it's just kind of what this is suggesting to me. Like where this is more my type of game, and I could see myself
1: valuing the content more and wanting to spend more time with it. I think for sure you like 2D platformers more than I do. Uh, I really enjoy 3D platformers, but 2D platformers, I've never, I've never been overly enthusiastic about. Uh, Metroid has been one of the few that I really enjoy, and then there's been a few others, but. and it, and it might be showing here because I've rated Mega Man and Donkey Kong Country and this game not as high as many other games which are 3D so yeah it, there's probably a theme here but yeah I, I can see that for sure um one one thing i did enjoy was uh, the speedrunning shoutouts that they had in there they had a speedrun timer and they had like a death counter yeah i thought all those things were a really nice touch there are things that they added to the game to that, were almost shout outs to just you know, like a speedrunning community, or I don't know, people who just like things like, like death counters and stuff like that, because they knew yeah. you die a lot in the game. So, I really appreciated those, those things, little extra touches that they did. So, not to say that the content was lacking entirely, I just, I just felt like there was a good portion of it that it, I just wasn't really incentivized to go out and get extra content, is all I'm really saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean I think it is like it comes down to personal preference at the end of the day, I think. Yeah. Um if there's a type of thing that you want more of. Um the only the only real critique I have about the content is uh something we've talked about a bunch already, which is that some levels feel too long or like the ending of some levels feels yeah. drawn out. But I mean, I'm not even counting it super I mean, maybe the best thing to do would have been to you know, make levels a little bit shorter and maybe include like Two more levels at yeah. the expensive level length. Um, I mean, may- maybe they didn't do that because they found like that it made most sense with the story to have these levels be what they were. Like you know, I'm sure they did everything for a reason. Like these people are obviously really talented. So like, <laughs> I'm gonna have faith in them. But like, that's the only real critique I had as far as the content goes. Because um, again, I am really excited about the additional content and um, all that stuff. The only uh, the only other thing is that there's no multiplayer mode. Uh, which, I mean, I don't really... That doesn't bother me. Like, I don't think this is a multiplayer game. Uh, If you want a multiplayer version of this, you can kind of play Towerfall, (laughs) because this is, like, kind of a single-player spiritual successor to Towerfall. I have played some... Our one platforming game recently called Kuso, which I also want to shout out because it's really fun. Um, That has, like, a race mode, a split-screen race mode. Um, Not sure that that would work in this game if they decided to try it, but, I mean... I guess there's ways for them to have made a multiplayer, but they didn't, and I honestly think that's
1: fine personally. Yeah. I think that's one thing for sure to mention though, uh well you've already kind of mentioned it, but the ability to have a game where you can like brainstorm with a friend or like hand off the controllers with another friend. I've always enjoyed those games, kinda like Mario Maker, where like you and a friend could be working towards the same goal when playing the same game. And there's just something yeah. that's really charming To gaming about that, and I think that's really cool that you and Mitchell were were able to have that experience. I tried to get Katie into it, but she kind of it was late when I was playing it, and uh, she just kind of fell asleep. Like (laughs) I I knew Katie wouldn't enjoy the gameplay aspect as much, but I think she would have enjoyed the puzzles and would have enjoyed helping me out, and uh, and she did help me a few times. um, But yeah, I, I think that's really cool. Yeah.
0: That's a good point. And one thing that helps with that too is the fact that you do have infinite lives. So like there's really no stakes. Yeah. Like if, if you're playing with someone who's not as good as you, like you don't have to, you don't have to worry about it. I mean the only thing is you'll have more deaths to your death count, but if you're caring about that, then you probably aren't playing this
1: game for the right reasons anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what
0: I mean? Like yeah, no, there's for sure. no point to caring about that. You'll so. just
1: you'll only get angry with yourself if you care about your death count because you're gonna accidentally die and then you're gonna get mad at the game for accidentally dying. And you just you just have to accept. I actually, like they said, took the death count as sort of a pride thing. I was like, man, I died this many times. Do you know how many times you died? Uh, overall, not offhand, I can tell you that my
0: record is. Uh, I think in the normal levels, I died the most on the uh, the hotel level, and that was like one hundred twenty something. Uh-huh. That might be my highest. Um, but on the B sides of the two of them that I've tried, <laughs> the one on the second level, I died a hundred and sixty something times. Yeah. So that was a lot. I read someone online say that like some seaside or something took them over a thousand deaths. <laughs> I was like, oh shit,
1: <laughs> that's so funny. I I found my death counter to be really awesome. Uh, one thing I wish games more difficult games had. Um, I had seventeen uh, hundred or I had seventeen sixty one was my death count. I think at the end. In the year 1761. In the year 1761, Kevin dies seven <laughs> 1,761
0: times. I'm gonna have to check my total after this and uh, get back to you. Yeah, maybe. Who's got the better death count? Leave <laughs> your leave your vote in the comments. Yeah, I do want to briefly talk about the story. I mean, something we've mentioned all throughout, but uh, this is a content section, so this is where we should talk about it, uh, <laughs> if anywhere. Um, but yeah, like I mean, the story. We've kind of already talked about it, but yeah, it's all about uh, you through the character Madeline, you know, surpassing these challenges. And Madeline encounters characters who support her and also don't support her. Um, But as you go on, you sort of learn about Madeline and there's, there's kind of optional cutscenes where you can like choose to talk more to characters, which I always did because I always want to hear what they have to say. Yeah, me too. Like basically I hate it. I hate the idea of someone writing cool dialogue and me never seeing it because like, like, I feel like <laughs> it's kind of disrespectful to them, right, so like I've made sure to always press A to keep reading <laughs> a character's dialogue, and I think it's worthwhile mm-hmm. the story you know it's it's generic enough, like the core idea you know of surpassing challenges that I think anyone can relate
1: to it. Well, it's generic, but at the same time, I don't know that I've ever seen a video game really tackle common. Internal struggles such as like anxiety, depression, panic attacks. Like, it's really cool to see a video game acknowledge all of those things. And Madeline, the character, is struggling to overcome those things. And, you know, in those moments, the game is challenging, but that's supposed to represent how challenging those things are in real life, like depression and uh, anxiety and all of those other things. So it makes you feel it it's so relatable like i just think this game is more relatable than anything and i think that's really cool how the developers just went along with that
0: yeah and i think it does it in like a respectful way too like it's yeah. not saying that it's not saying that depression is a video game like that's
1: not the no, point no, like, no. the point
0: is that and i mean and it's also like realistically it's not as simple as oh if you keep trying to get over depression then you will like it's just a matter of time like i mean for some people maybe the case for some other people not so much but like the point is that you know, you should keep trying and there you know, hopefully for most people, there are people supporting you in your corner like there were with Madeline. Yeah. So on, also like on, on that note, I really liked <laughs> I really liked Theo, the kind of goofball that he was. Oh, I love um, Theo. I, you know, he could be like too millennial at times where he's like, Oh my Instapix followers are gonna love the selfie YOLO. But that's part of his charm. Yeah, like, that's the point. And, like, he's this, you know, bearded, flannel-wearing dude from Seattle who's, like, kind of a drifter. <laughs> and, like, oh, my God, this is, this guy, he, like, he really is a caricature. But, like, that's the point, I think. But uh, he's a cool character who, like, genuinely supports Madeline. And, like, there's never any romantic thing that happens ever, which yeah. I was really glad for. I was like, Me man, too. that would have been just so fucking typical. Yeah, But it didn't, because, like, you know, it doesn't always have to be romantic. And right. so I thought that was a pretty cool shout-out, or... Not Shadow, but decision. Shadow's to all my platonic friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm right here, fam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, um, there's just so many good themes in this game, and I just I really respect that. Um, if if you can just, if even if you're not like the best gamer, try the best you can to power through this game because honestly, the story is worth it in my opinion. Yeah, it's presented so well too. Yeah, and it. And when you're going through the game, you'll you'll feel the struggle and the anger and the anxiety and then you'll see what Madeline's going through and then you just you really just have that moment of relation there and you're just like, Yeah, I get that, Madeline, because I'm going through it right now. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's really cool to see. Yeah. And
0: and if you need to, you know, use the sys mode. Or even just like yeah. if you if you really don't think you can cut it, then like watch a playthrough. You know, I'm sure yeah. there's dozens of them online you can I'm probably thousands if I'm being honest, with this game being as popular as it is. Like go watch someone play it and like just experience the cutscenes and find one with like no commentary, because I'm sure those exist too.
1: Ryan, I hope you're listening. I you need to play this game. I think you'd really like it. Yeah. Every
0: interstate gamer should play Celeste.
1: Every interstate gamer is lemons.
0: <laughs> Otherwise known as
1: Eagle <laughs> Well, uh, I think that about does it for our content section. What do you think? I agree. Um, I will
0: give my score first. Okay, And uh, it was a hot, fresh, cold,
1: uh, juicy 95. Ah, I expected nothing less at this point. Uh, <laughs> mine's an 83. Not, not what you would hope, but you know what? I think that's a fair score at what I think the game is in this regard. And it's not super low either. 83 is not a bad score. So not at all. So I'm a, I'm pretty satisfied with my scores. And with that being said, let's head on over to the number crunching. Hello
0: and welcome back to the Interstate Gamers. I'm your host Peter, aka Deal for Real. And uh, uh, I'm uh, who am I? I don't know, just some dude. Some dude. Uh, some dude who uh, graciously did the number crunching for us. Uh, thank you, Kevin, for that. You're welcome.
1: Um, Kev, why don't you start us off with a recap of your scores? So, my scores are as follows. Gameplay was an 85. Um, getting down to the aesthetics. Um, visuals was an 89, and audio was a 93. Uh, that combined together was a 91. Yeah, 91. Um, and then the content content was an 83. Um, so, all of this... Together for me, my overall score is an 86.3 repeating. I'm sorry, I think you meant to say
0: 86.33333333333. Yeah. Three um, hours later. <laughs> so much later that they got tired of waiting and they had to hire a new Kevin. <laughs> so uh, on my end, I uh, gave some truly outlandishly high scores. I am very ashamed of myself. I <laughs> gameplay a 100. A visuals. A95 and Sound A100 combining for an Aesthetics score of 97.5 which is my favorite radio station. Uh, content, 95 as well. So all that being said, my overall score is 97.5 which I'm 100% sure makes this my highest rated game of IG history. Yet, yet It beats even
1: the unbeatable Super Mario World.
0: You know what? It might be time for a new meme on the block. <laughs> Celeste, the best game of all time. The best. You heard game. it here. You you heard it here. Ninety uh, seventh, because I'm sure a million other people have said the same Season thing. Season three, episode two. It happened. It happened.
1: Super Mario oh, World man. was dethroned.
0: Yeah. What can I say, man? This game. Uh, I agree with all the hype. I guess. Like, I just really do think it's that good.
1: Um. Come at me. Yeah. <laughs> so that gives us an overall score of. 91.9, which puts it just above Banjo, which I'm pretty salty about. Um, so that'll put it at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 on our list out of 22. 20, 23, sorry. So, so what's, our, what's our top 5 then? Our top 5 is Majora's Mask, number 1, uh, Link to the Past, number 2, Super Mario World, number 3, Metroid Prime, number 4, and then number 5 is Celeste. Number six is Banjo. It's a pretty good mix of games up there. I agree. I never thought Celeste would be in our top five, but here we are. It's 2019. You're welcome. New waves. New wave era. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, We really enjoyed reviewing and rating this game. Um, Shout outs to our patrons who give us all the support. Brandon Story, uh, my beautiful fiance, Katie Davis, Mallory Sutton, Ryan Everett, Seth Webb, Simon Webb, and our newest patron, the young Z-Link himself.
0: Make sure to tune into uh, Z-Link Gaming on YouTube to find uh, Z-Link's very good content. It's got some really chill Let's Plays that will uh, just really tickle your fancy, if you're
1: anything like me. My fancy is always tickled when I listen to Z-Link. Our good buddy. Who will soon be my roommate. (gasps) Spoiler alert. Spoilers. By the next time we do our next episode, young boy will be my roommate. He may may have some furniture in the apartment. (laughs) Some, some. Um, But anyway, uh, thanks for listening, guys. We definitely appreciate all the support you've given us over this, I guess, three seasons now. 30th episode. A milestone. Yeah. Absolute unit of a milestone. And if you (laughs) want
0: to continue supporting us, or if you don't yet, Uh, follow us on social media, or what have you, Uh, you can go ahead and find us at the IG underscore cast on Twitter. Uh, Our website is... uh, Can you remind us what our website is? TheIGcast.com TheIGcast.com And we also have a Patreon, which I don't know the URL, but if you Google the Interstate Gamers, again, I know I'm a broken record by this point, but just Google it. Um, If you do want to support us financially, that is a way you can do that, and we graciously appreciate it. We can't thank you guys enough. Find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, slash iTunes, on Stitcher, and wherever else good podcasts are distributed because we'll be (laughs) there in bulk. Yep. All right. Cool, guys. Well, thank you so much. And uh, until next time, have a great day or night.
1: Love you too, guys. Love you too.
0: What a ride. What a what a fucking score I gave that game. <laughs> I know
1: I know, right? Dang. Can you believe it? Can you believe? Oh my god, would you look at the F?